This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Joris Peels, and I'm here today with Maxwell Vogue, and this is 3D Pod. Hey, everyone. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the, the 3D Pod today. And Max and I are going to discuss a very exciting topic today, and that's bioprinting. So, in the last podcast, we talked about 3D printing in medicine, and now we're going to talk specifically about bioprinting. So, bioprinting is just like the printing of cells and organs and tissue for the replenishment of human beings, for the replacement of organs, for the replacement of skin, uh, hearts, and everything. Now, we've seen a lot going on on this subject over the last couple of years. This is one area where the public seems to think we're a little bit further than, than uh, uh, we actually are, because there have been a lot of uh, uh, very positive stories in the media, like, oh, no, these researchers 3D printed a heart and then, you know, or a liver, and then it turns out the papers aren't there. But still, uh, you know, we really did want to discuss this really exciting area because uh, the potential is definitely there and there's a huge, huge, huge opportunity uh, for human health and also as an industry. Uh, that's why we want to discuss this with you guys today. So, Max, what do you think of bioprinting? Oh, man, so much. Let's first establish for everyone who might not know what is bioprinting because I think okay. it's a bit of a, a misnomer on some levels. But essentially, my understanding, and feel free to correct me, is that bioprinting is laying down cell by cell to create a three-dimensional object that can be then used. So be it an ear or cartilage or even meat um, that you could do using a bioprinter. Would you say that's reasonably accurate? Kind of. I don't, I don't know if we want to include the meat thing. That's going to be a bit confusing if, if a steak fair. printer is going to be the same. But it is going to work exactly the same way. <laughs> kind of the same way. Uh, so I guess it would be like additively manufacturing yeah, cells or tissues or organs. Uh, or anything in the human body that's like a biological construct. So we're not trying to make like a titanium implant, right? We're trying to make a biological material, so a tissue, tissue-like material, preferably from our own cells, because that would be the coolest, that, that, that replaces the kidney with, well, something that is actually one-on-one a new kidney, uh, instead of like, you know, it being like a pacemaker. So, you know, so anything that's printed inside where we're trying to print the heart and all the pacemaker, that's, that's my definition of it. Fair enough. But yeah, um, I, I think it's very cool, obviously. Um, I mean, I'd say we're still 10 years away. Although the late, most recent one was uh, the Israeli researchers 3D printing a heart. Um, uh, <laughs> that, that, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't beat um, because it's too small for people. Uh, yeah, the the infamous 3D printed heart. Uh, if we didn't run the story. Well, actually, actually, what we did is we ran a couple of days later, we ran the actual story based on the article which showed that the team had made progress, real progress, important progress on, 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 on patches and vascularization things, but the headline was just over-enthusiastic, let's say. And we, you know, in this case, it's not really necessarily uh, malicious. I mean, there have been other things where people have gone and done presentations on you know, 3D printing on, say, a kidney, and they'd essentially taken pate, made it in a kidney shape, and then claimed to be closer to a kidney, which is you know, patently untrue, it's completely untrue. You know, and there's other stuff where people are, you know, actually claiming research, and then the papers never arrive, and that's been going on for a while. Um, so this didn't seem to be malicious in that sense. It just seemed to be somebody, maybe some PR person or a journalist, was a bit over enthusiastic. 
Could have been like a university over <laughs> overdoing it. Yeah, maybe some PR person at the university like, oh my god, yeah. really? This is cool, right? And they got some nice pictures, and it was. But like you said before, I mean, yeah, it, it was tiny, and <laughs> it was much more like a, a organ on a chip type of thing, and, and real steps forward than it was the breakthrough that everyone claimed it was in the media. And when you see this happening continually. Uh, especially in, in concrete printing, house printing, and in bioprinting. Those are the two areas where uh, this, this continues to happen. When somebody does a little bit of overclaim, already the implications are so fantastic that, yeah, it becomes worldwide. And, and what we see is then that the people engaging in overclaim usually tend to get the most attention as well. And, uh, you know, I think in house printing it's really damaging. I think in bioprinting it is as well. I think that's a real risk for us as an industry as well. But but in this case, you know, we do get from universities and research institutes these kind of totally overblown press release type things that if you read into them are completely untrue. This didn't seem to be the case. But it is, yeah, there is, a, uh, and this is really causing the public to believe that we're, you know, grandma's going to come in on Tuesday to get a, a, a heart transplant. Yeah. <laughs> so, so everybody's going to, yeah, kind of believes that we're much further. I mean, yeah, in, re, in research, most people think we're 20, 30 years away. Uh, and even if we had the thing today, there'd be lots of other problems that we could encounter that we, we don't know yet what would happen. Let's address what it is being successfully done with bioprinting today. Is it mainly just the cell testing where you're printing out some liver cells and then being able to drug test them? Or are there more than just that that they're actually doing? Is there cartilage being transplanted? Is there that mm -hmm. kind of stuff happening yet? Or is it still all still in the lab? So it's definitely also in the lab. People have been claiming for a couple of years that, that we were supposed to have veins and stuff like that already, but no. Yeah, yeah so the spinach. The spinach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Those of you who don't know, someone claimed that they could use spinach uh, to make the vascular system for a bioprinted organ, um, which sounds cool, but we still haven't seen any real results from it. Oh, that would be amazing. You know, the yeah. Spanish bio-ink, 89 cents a kilo or something. <laughs> I mean, don't knock it because, it, you know, maybe it'd be amazing. It may, it may turn out to actually work. It's yeah, just, exactly. You know, right? Like, just... But so far, I agree, no. <laughs> so far, no. What's happening, well, there's a couple of interesting things. I mean, first thing, which I think is really exciting, is this lab on a chip stuff, which is just a, to creating a, like a simulation of the organ that allows you to do... In at one point, kind of batch-based kind of drug testing or remedy testing in some way. Uh, that, to me, organ on chip is really exciting because it could really accelerate everything else. It's essentially like a cell culture, right? No, it's, it's like a microfluidic device that simulates, to a certain extent, the organ. The function of the organ. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So we can like test. Uh, you know, we you test a whole bunch of things in an automated way on it and say, okay, what doses causes cancer? Let's do all the doses. Like something, for example, uh, for example, something like that. Yeah, you could kind of like uh, brute force attack kind of the medicine problem, you know? <laughs> like you just uh, maybe save a lot of testing animals' lives as well. That's really exciting. And that points me to the believing that, okay, there's all this other stuff. Of course, it's easy to think like, hey, we print hearts, right? But there's all this other stuff that could be possible that is in the general area that's also, there's other people making kind of testing arrays as well as skin so that less cosmetics have to be tested on animals as well. And, and that kind of, to me, makes the entire medicine problem, yeah, much more accessible one. And that, that, that to me is really exciting because it have applications way beyond just tissue. So also, you don't need FDA approval for the usage of that kind of stuff as a result. No, it's just in the lab. It's just in the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's exactly my point is that like you, it's bringing bioprinting into a functional format and not just a research not a pure like R and D thing, but an actual application sooner rather yeah. than later. 
So even if we don't do the heart thing, if it doesn't work for whatever reason, there's like lots of other cool stuff that's like that, that, that could help science and in in generally. So that to me is really exciting. And then there's yeah, just tissue seems to be the big interest. Uh, and the big interest, of course, with everyone is vascularized tissue. So it's tissue. So what you see now is cells, cells being built up in a kind of organized way, either directly or indirectly. There's a diff- bunch of different technologies. You can do SLA. You could do uh, something like called LIFT, uh, which is laser-induced forward transfer, which is like the most contrived manufacturing technology in the world. This is like, it's like one of these Rube Goldberg machines. And it's like basically like you have a droplet that you engineer that this droplet falls down at a certain time on another substrate. And then you've also just got inkjet. And uh, you could even use like kind of FDM-type technologies if you wanted to. But, and you could just use uh, the actual cells themselves, or you could build a scaffold where you can build the cells on it. And yeah. that's what... Uh, that's where a lot of the research seems located at the moment. Everyone's kind of like, okay, let's do f- tissue. Pick an organ and let's go. So in tissue, that's where a lot of the stuff is. And these are the main technologies that people are using. People are using like really cheap printers, really high-end, super high-end systems like Enscript and stuff. But they're also using like we took a MakerBot or whatever and we put a, a syringe nozzle on it. And they're also using companies like Alevi or uh, other kind of kind of mid-range bioprinting uh, kind of solutions. Lots of different technologies. And it's not, everything's kind of searching. Everything's really, really exciting. Uh, I think from our point of view, is, is 3dprint.com, it's really exciting research to read because it's like there's a lot of new stuff out, opening up. Yeah, out of all these technologies, <clears throat> the, the main focus right now is tissue. What the dream thing that everybody's working towards at the moment is vascularized tissue. So tissue that you can actually, yeah, it doesn't like look good on a press release. <laughs> it actually would, would function inside the body. You could, you could integrate it into the heart or into the whatever uh, part of the body. So that's kind of what's going on. What do you? What excites you about what's going on? I mean, obviously the organs are exciting, but I think in the in the shorter term, the idea of biochips and and even the advantages the advances that we get from even researching down this field, like I know the scaffolding or the suspension printing, where you're mm-hmm. injecting into a liquid another liquid, yeah. um, yeah. can really like it's interesting where that could go. You know, even outside of bioprinting as a as an alternative way of printing but i think it's more interesting to see the stuff that's going to come out sooner mm-hmm. i think the chips are fascinating and the ability for companies to do mass testing or batch testing as you suggested is uh is fascinating since it's something that we can see at a much sooner and uh yeah. rate to happen uh, i agree with that. i think i think that that kind of stuff is like super super exciting i think and just generally i'm a super fan of microfluidics the idea of having an enclosed chamber where you control the micro dosing or the nano dosing of liquids in that chamber in a certain way. Uh, you have little valves you can have there. You can control the, the transport of these liquids through that uh, and the dosing of these liquids in that small enclosed container. That idea of microfluidics, of, of being able to dose things really small, you know, that also means that you know, really expensive liquids are really expensive or minute things. Uh, can be used, but but that the idea of combining that with three D printing uh, through arrays or as 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 putting the microfluidics or trying to put microfluidics on the printhead. Now the idea of doing that and being able to dose, you know, being able to mix a liquid on the fly, you know, through microfluidics, so I'd be able to take like two components or multiple components and mix it to like the really minute amounts, and and then being able to deposit that in a very organized, very precise way. Uh, that to me is super exciting. Also, just not only for bioprinting, but also just broader applications in printing. Uh, in general, because we're kind of, if we look at how we're dosing at the moment, it's kind of like really random. Yeah. <laughs> Here, take some of this. Let's see what happens. Yeah, organs. I mean, yeah. Do, do you... I mean, the end goal is organs, obviously, or to yeah, and thus extending 
the total life, especially organs that are made from your cells, and thus yeah. eliminating the need for rejection drugs and, mm -hmm. and immunosuppressants and things of that nature. Hey, yeah, it's a beautiful dream, but it is like a long ways away, as you said, and it's totally fair. And when I say 10 years, I'm forgetting about like all of the trials that has to happen, you know, even, even when they get it. They still have to mm -hmm. go and test it for 15, 20 years after they perfected it. And then who knows all the other side effects that are going to result from this. If there's like a defect in the uh, in the print, you know, like the layer is off slightly. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. you've created a little eddy for the blood to flow through. And then that's going to yeah. create a clot section or something yeah. crazy of the, that nature. Um, but yeah. it's, it's still like fascinating. And yeah, obviously can't wait for it to come to market it's just going to be a yeah. ways away yeah we have a uh, we're putting a story live i think today or tomorrow by somebody a researcher who's really on top on the ball he's already talking about software liability for bioprints so oh, uh, yeah there you go <laughs> he's like i think it's a, a thesis i think it's, a, it's a beautiful it's like, i was like oh smart man and yeah he's talking about the legal implication of getting sued if yeah, if your bioprint gets wrong because yeah somebody wrote the wrong line of code and then you end up with the wrong line of um DNA or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you reverse your arteries with your veins or something. Does your that... dad have an ear on his forehead? Yes. Yeah. Um... <laughs> we don't talk about, about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Although it, 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 it does raise a question. So I know there's a technique of um, you can take a, a dead organ out of yeah. a body. And all you that, yeah. wash away all oh, of the gold. DNA. <laughs> I know this sounds horrific. And you're yeah. left with the scaffolding. Uh, yeah. of the organ so yeah. and then you can put stem cells on it and then grow the material yeah. around it and obviously it's not like fully functional yet or anything yeah. but it does raise an alternative way of doing this yes it sounds ghoulish because yeah, you exactly. are taking yeah. this out of a dead body but it's useful in the sense of like well har harvesting organs is difficult but if you could harvest organs where it doesn't it doesn't yeah. matter uh how long it's been you can mm -hmm. still get them and then wash them, basically, and then add new material onto them. Is that an easier route behind it or something of that nature where you're almost like growing it, like the way you like grow diamonds? But I realize that there's a timing issue because uh, cells die quickly when they're not in the proper environment. Uh, I have no idea, actually. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't know. Uh, on the, this front, I have no idea what would be the, the exciting one or a bit or not. Or... Which one would win? Or could yeah, it could be a couple of the two, you know? Like, uh... Yeah, the one is creepier. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're just saying that because you're using dead human tissue. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if, it's different if, if somebody has, like, a, a you know a surgery and then they, they donate an organ, you know? This is kind of like, it makes it creepy. No, yeah. Well, but the advantage of that whole thing is there's no rejection drugs. You're still back to the whole thing where it's the, the micro scaffolding is used, but the DNA is yours. Same concept, but different method of producing it. Yeah, that would be exciting as well. I mean, with this kind of stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm like, are we really going to be able to do it? And what, what I don't, also, it would be weird if we could really 3D print hearts or something and not kidneys or something. So if we don't really know like what we would be able now, the assumption mm -hmm. is because we could print everything, right? Right. Uh, and people are working on just literally just about everything uh, from skin, which I think I'm really excited about, by the way, but, uh, and also like organs and uh, all the different kinds of organs. I'm just wondering if, 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 if yeah, what will end up being true? Maybe we can only print kidneys, which would also be awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. Still, uh, I don't know. How, how, what is the application area here? And, and if we really extrapolate, you know, if we can print all the organs, then 
potentially human beings could live forever, right? As long as you're like super okay with like having cancer all the time, then right. then, then <laughs> you would live forever. Although you, can, you can't reprint a brain, right? Uh, I don't I don't know. Yeah, maybe you could. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know, but that would be. Yeah, maybe that's the only part, right? We print everything else, all the living bit. And, and it gets really scary. Imagine that, like, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg lives forever. <laughs> so a hundred years later, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg's still the oldest person. You know, you know, I always have this, like, Miss Tanaka out of uh, Osaka is the oldest person in the world. But you're like, uh-oh, Miss Tanaka, you better worry, uh, worry you know. <laughs> Today you get a letter from the emperor, but tomorrow it's not going to be great, right? Um, you know, imagine that then all of a sudden Mark Zuckerberg's still the oldest person. <laughs> For the six year running, Mark Zuckerberg is the oldest person in the world. Or a politician. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Or a dictator. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Still at 155, he's going strong. Yeah. Still ruling the country of his Yeah, country. exactly. <laughs> With an iron fist. Yeah, um, also, like, just looking at something like as compound interest or something like that, you know what I mean? Right. And then. <laughs> Facebook is long gone, but still. <laughs> Although, if you if we could theoretically, then if we can't store ourselves in like little mini freezers, maybe we can bioprint our way into the next solar system through space travel. Well, right? Yeah. You know, if you're talking about living for that long, then. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I haven't seen this in sci-fi. The idea of like, so yeah, we can take the astronaut with us, right? But that's actually a lot of payload, you know. Mm-hmm. It's more efficient to store the human being in cartridges and print them out when you need him, which is at the end of the trip. <laughs> I I actually have seen this. They use clones. And they, then they, like, they used clones. Yeah. And then the clones would wake up and they were only good for like a couple of uh, hours or something. And then there's Moon, the movie Moon, where they do uh, that. Yeah. They they. But I mean, I guess it's not really 3D printing them necessarily, or bio 3D printing them, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that way you never need the people. Yeah, yeah you never <laughs> the people till the very end when he has right. to walk. When them. you actually need a human being to observe what the heck's going on and be yeah. like, people. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how inefficient it is. And always in the movies, they're always like these cocoons and they have lots of head space for people to walk around. I'm like, damn, this is just like super inefficient, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the three printing, we're both excited about tissue, I think. But it's, yeah, it's a big unknown, right? It's a kind of like oh wow. Yeah, it's still it's still very far out there. It's like yeah. And and what else? What are the uh, what are some of the other stuff you're you're excited about? I think you mentioned some things earlier. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm interested in like the scaffolding related stuff with the bioprinting, is that you could support organs and things like that, or maybe it's a new way of fixing broken bones, so to speak. Through I mean, you're still talking surgery, but the build the scaffolding to hold all the bones in place that then slowly yeah. degrades away, which I think we've talked about in previous episodes, but that's always fascinating to me as a yeah. as a real a closer application that can be done sooner. Yeah, our, one of our one of our favorite materials like PCL, the idea of like using PCL as a temporary kind of scaffold that is bioabsorbable yeah. within twenty eight days. And you print the cells on it. There's, there's people looking into this for trachea, for example, and and some of them are just making the trachea like as in like a polymer tube. Uh, they just it's a trachea, right? It's kind of like a, it's a, the GE nozzle uh, of the human being, right? It's an right. important bit <laughs> that is functionally, you know, doable, you know. So and and some other people are looking at making this out of like printing the cells on the temporary implant structure and then printing the medicine to heal the uh, wound or whatever on that as well, and then. Uh, implanting it, and then you know the idea is a month later, then the, the organ would grow fully healed in the body, which is a bit different than taking it and just like in one way just popping it in the human being. Right, like doing a proper transplant style. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, but that's I think it's interesting you point that out because that could be you know we're all like kind of assuming now that they'll print them externally and then implant them, but that yeah maybe that's not going right. To be but if you put like a paradigm. scaffolding, like if maybe we can find a way to print the scaffolding for a kidney and then yeah. put some of the stem cells for a kidney out of your own body into it and then essentially you grow a new kidney. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you know what is the best incubator for cells and stuff? Well, I'm doing great job so far. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm carrying around lots of cells <laughs> for, for like four decades. Constantly growing them and shedding oh, them. Oh, so, you know, and I think, I think that, that brings me to like the in vitro. We, we did an article uh, about the in vitro. So the idea of having, instead of like a gantry-based printer printing the organ and then you having to like somehow get it in the person, that the idea of in vitro is just like you got a robot arm, like six axis or whatever robot arm, to print on the people or in the people, like to be able to print on that yeah, curved yeah, surface. Yeah. So, if you were able to quickly, if you could do it fast enough. Yeah, for example, yeah, yeah. on the patient, uh, the idea would be, you know, you print, I don't know, they've got a hole in their heart, you print on top of it. Right. Uh, uh, you, you print a plug, essentially, or you yeah. use like a laparoscopic uh, 3D yeah. printer. Yeah. Or, or just a larger unit that prints across uh, the thing. I mean, I, I think it's really exciting for skin, right? The idea of skin, of course, I think the, the problem is like putting it on and if you've got a burn victim or something like that, they're super fragile and the patient is and also the, the skin is. So, so printing it on the person while they lie there, it's printing the cells on, uh, would be super exciting. No, that, that uh, would be the ultimate solution for like, yeah, especially skin because yeah. that's an easier yeah. one to do. Yeah, I think I think I think would be I don't know as well. Well, in the sense of that you're not having to open someone up. Yeah. So that they could actually sit there for like twelve hours, not yeah. comfortably, obviously, but they, that they could sit there for like twelve hours with this thing on your arm or on your back or something, yeah. and trying to reproduce the skin cells that are dead. That would be super exciting in future, and also we've discussed this before, and you're of course going to love this. And I have been pitching this to people, right? You, you know this. I've pitched this to four surgeons already. <laughs> And two researchers, right? <laughs> so that is, of course, using the three digital three D printing pen <laughs> yeah. in I'm, the human body. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a number of surgeons that have also wanted to explore this, uh, which I'm all for because you could use yeah. it to make some of the scaffolding and some of the other stuff we're talking about, but doing it by hand rather yeah. than uh, having a robotic arm. So it yeah. makes it a little more accessible and uh, it doesn't Actually, require I, as much. Yeah, there's a paper that kind of talks about it. We wrote about a, a couple of weeks ago. But the whole idea of, like, instead of taking this big printer and then having to move the heart, or instead of taking this big robot arm that has to go in my body or whatever, the idea of this guy holding it and there's reaching into the patient through a hopefully quite small hole to then add something to the body. I think that's super exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, hopefully that's where all surgery's heading. It's like laparoscopic surgery, where you're only making a tiny incision. But that, no, you could then have like a nozzle head going in, obviously yeah. using a low melt material like PCL, and then yeah. kind of adding where you need it, or going around like an artery to provide like a weakened artery, a structure, so that it can then heal over a, a period of time. Or just like literally printing the cells where you need them, right? Yeah, depositing wherever the hell one would need that cell, plus Cause, whatever cause medicine we can, or whatever. We can do that. Like we know yeah. we could do printing cells, but if we could stem cell print the right cells that you need in the area where you're weaker, or there's rip and tissue or something like that, it'd be an amazing yeah. way to pair some of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that so much. So then there's the next thing. Like, okay, so you know you have like people who are now doing performance enhancing drugs and stuff. So how about like augmenting the human, right? By printing better organs for for sports, for example. Wouldn't you just CRISPR them? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> CRISPR sounds like the catch-all solution for everything, right? Well, it I'm is. Hungry. I just like CRISPR. CRISPR. <laughs> <laughs> kind of feeling peckish. Oh, CRISPR or pizza? Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like the gene equivalent of 3D printing, but um, <laughs> but um, but I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you could print a bigger heart. Right, and or, then you're able to like run stronger, uh, faster, harder, or or improved lungs for increased, uh, yeah. But then you're getting into like all sorts of bioethics uh, territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but that, that's the stuff, the kind of stuff that excites me. The kind of like brave new world, like where you know, somebody prints themselves like a new year or something. You know, people now are going like the, the your average SoundCloud rapper like looks like some you know a group of a bored classroom just drew all over him, right? I mean, that's, that's apparently the way how, now how to make it. And I, I just really worry now about like, before you could have you could try to be a rapper and then ten years later nobody would notice, and now it's like, oh wait, were you a rapper in the yeah, <laughs> in the mid two twenties? <laughs> because because you look like somebody just graffitied all over your face. For these guys, I mean, and, and we know already that piercings is not going to get less. Thirty percent of people. In the states have tattoos, you know. You could just see like kind of like people augmenting themselves in that kind of way. Oh, like bio inking, so to speak, like on the surface, and then. Well, I could yeah. see all sorts of crazy things that you could do with like electronics and ink. Yeah. But I know they've just started looking at some of the stuff where you can have uh, tattoos, you know, change color or conduct yeah. electricity or something of that nature. Yeah. yeah, I could see going crazy. Although, you know, as always, even if you're going to print a new, better ear to have you know better listening or a better eye for mm-hmm. the ability to see infrared the the first yeah. group or organization that's going to pick it up and put it in someone is the military yeah of course because <laughs> that's you know who would fund such a massive and crazy thing would it be a football player mm, yeah. I, I you know i think <laughs> i think it'd yeah. be a military application and then you know then it gets into the whole theory of like do we augment soldiers to make them better fighters and then that's a whole bioethical question. What do you do and, when they come home? Do you let them keep those organs, or do you take the organs out and give them back their oh old God. organs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are government oh property. I miss my old lungs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a little, a little bit closer than perhaps after the other scenario. It's like we looked at tissue. Uh, we looked a little bit at like a, like a augmenting with using other tissue combined with polymers and stuff. How about like uh, you know one of the things I'm also really excited? Yeah, you mentioned before bone. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people are looking at like uh, hydroxypatite and other kind of like actually 3D printing bone, which also would be really exciting if they managed to get it right. Very exciting. Because then why I don't need that titanium hip replacement? I can just print yeah. a new hip. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then it's a lot safer in some regards. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think safer, and also it will perform the same way, so you don't have really the same hardness, the same density, the same everything. So it won't damage other stuff, right? Which is like a problem with a bunch of these polymer implants I've been doing, where they, the implant's doing its job, but it's like strangling the hell out of all the organs around it. You know? <laughs> and then also your the bone area is still producing, theoretically, hopefully it would still be producing uh, uh, white blood cells and things of that nature, right? Because the bone marrow grow back into the bone structure. Yeah, that would be really exciting. I mean, it seems a lot less... I don't know, there could be people with like a lot of fragile bone kind of things and a lot of problems with um, bone waste. Oh, and you could like replace the bone. Yeah. Like if you had a a weak ankle or your femur's broken too many times or something of that nature. Or you had such a shattered bone uh, scenario that there's no way it could ever grow back together without some crazy complex surgery. 
it might be easier to honestly just take out the fragments of bone and then insert a new bone, so to speak. For the people that uh, want to grow taller, because you know there's those surgeries where you do oh, the... Oh, God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you cut the bone like, and then... Yeah. That is like, oh, wow. That is like, I, I didn't know that existed. I, I saw this picture and I was like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, that's like, you really, 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 really want to be taller. Yeah. That's super scary. And then also, like one of the things I'm like super, uh, like, I think is one of the most interesting areas, apart from, of course, tissue organs, is is cartilage. Uh, I think cartilage is going to be huge if they get it right. Oh, it's, uh, no, it's massive. The things that you could do, even if it's just your nose, or if, if even if it's just knees, like knee surgeries are are pretty commonplace at this point. And uh, if you could get the perfect replacement cartilage instead of using a piece of plastic, huzzah. So 70% of, uh, this is a statistic I always quote, 70% of people over 70 in the wealthy part of the world, right, OECD countries and stuff. So we're talking about a large group of people, and that group is only getting larger as we live longer and stuff, are going to have problems with cartilage, right? Over 70% of people, uh, and they're, they're, and people are getting heavier, uh, more diabetes, so it's only going to get worse. So this is like, it's a very exciting uh, area, I think, to, to be able to, and also like, if you look at uh, yeah, all the things that can go wrong with your cartilage and stuff, I think it's a, it's a really exciting thing to, to be able to replace this in a way, in a, in, a, in, a, in a very interesting way. Yeah, are there other stuff that you're, 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 you're very excited about? or? I mean, it's all sci-fi at this point, so, like, yeah. you know, I'd love to see, you know, we talked earlier, just a few minutes ago, about, like, replacing lungs and hearts and stuff, but if you could replace it with, like, a lung that could breathe carbon dioxide and then go live <laughs> on Mars outside of the bubble, that'd be pretty cool, right? You know, yeah. or... or <laughs> so. We're completely um, re-engineer the human being, to like, uh, so we could clean up the air, but we've decided to just put extra filters on your nose. <laughs> yeah. We don't seem to want to address the climate issue problem, so maybe we just have to augment humans to address it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I do agree. With you. It's so it's kind of so magical and so exciting that I'm also kind of worrying, wondering if it'll actually pan out. You know? <laughs> right. No, and it's like because there's always limits on this tech. Like, it's, but in the early days, everyone thinks anything is possible, and then yeah. we run into the actual problems when they start to implement it on a real scale, a real world level. And then when we see that, we'll understand what the limitations really are. And then our dreams will be tamped back down to reality. <laughs> but the yeah. thing is right now, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's no real limit because it's still so fresh and so new and still still so much concentration on the R&D phase. We haven't seen it rolled out yet in the real world necessarily. And as a result, yeah, we, we can speculate till the cows come home. Um, yeah, exactly. but it's fun. <laughs> no, but I think that's our job. I mean, we don't actually actually have to invent any of this stuff. We can just come. No, <laughs> I have to invent some of this stuff. I'm yeah, not going to go to a Okay, you are you going to do this? Are you going to make like a bioprinting pen that works in the the human body? Come on. Yeah, you have to. It do is it. something that I do want to do. Honestly, the biggest limitation is the length of time that it takes to get through the FDA process. Yeah, but you could do. Well, you don't have to do that, but to do some experiments to see if it's worthwhile, right? I mean, no, yeah. that's true. You can do some lab animal experiments and stuff like. But you do need to go through a whole bunch of things. And I, yeah, no, I'm all for it. If if there's a doctor listening on here that wants to like start the research, like, because uh, I'm not the one who's going to be cutting open an animal and trying this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, or if there's another way, I'm also open to that. So, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think it'd be really exciting. I think, I think, I think that to me is as a high degree of potential. Just because I, I wouldn't otherwise. Like, just if we look at 3D printing as a paradigm, the ability to add material of a particular shape in a particular time and place. Um, you know, I think the easiest way to do it in the body. You know, the most cost-effective way to do it in the body is either you were talking laparoscopic, but then everything would have to be super tiny and stuff. Um, right. So that would be really expensive to do, but I'm pretty sure, you know, somebody's going to come up with it that way as well. But an interim way would be to do it in in kind of uh, yeah through a pen, man. Right, a handheld device that yeah. <laughs> extrudes yeah. material for the purposes of creating a three-dimensional object. Yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think you know, I really, really hope somebody listens and then reaches out to you because I think it's it's going to be really exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting thing to explore. Okay, so I hope you liked uh, Max and uh, my uh, kind of speculation and then talk about the, the exciting frontiers of bioprinting. And thank you very much for attending uh, 3D Pod podcast. And have a great day. Please leave comments and let us know if there's anything you'd like us to talk about or any questions that you have. I'm always happy to hear it. Thanks for joining us on the 3D Pod. You've been listening to the 3D Pod. For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint.com.